Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along, Jason Forrest here with you as ever. Coming up on the show, we'll be hearing from Bob Gessie. He'll be having a bit of a natter and singing us a few songs. Plus, we'll hear stuff from Knoxville Highway 2. We'll be talking to Pete Mason, the post-pop art man, catching up with him and his work, what's going on around the wonderful world of the artwork he produces with stamps. We'll be finding out from Ortis Dooley about how we could be recycling more of our electronics and getting some cash back into the bargain. And social group LGBT Sparkle are going to be letting us know about their forthcoming event in February. But first of all... Wednesday the 29th of January is World Puzzle Day and we've seen a resurgence in the love of jigsaws. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Emma Kenny, renowned TV psychologist, of course you've seen her on this morning, and also Sarah Stevens, a puzzle development expert from Ravensburger. Good afternoon to you both. Hello there. Right, so, World Puzzle Day. This sounds rather exciting in itself. I must say thank you to Ravensburger for the jigsaw that arrived uh, earlier this week for me to have a go at uh, on Wednesday. But, uh, I mean, puzzles themselves, Emma, I mean, this must be uh, great to, to keep people's minds in order because you're taking chaos and turning it into a beautiful picture. Oh, what a lovely analogy. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, um, I think that's yes, that's brilliant. Well done. Um, yeah, one of the things about a puzzle is that we call it informal mindful practice. So formal mindful practice is things like yoga and meditation. So with those, people sometimes struggle because it takes a certain amount of exercise or some kind of concentration in a way that they're not used to. But puzzles are a way of creating informal mindful practice where you create flow. So it's that system of feeling completely focused on an activity without thinking about anything but the activity you're not worried about the past you're not thinking about the future you're not planning you're not anxious about those things it lets you home in and switch off and that's really healthy but the other side about puzzling and I'm a massive puzzler to be honest Mm -hmm. so I feel that I understand firstly the reason that that flow is impactful on my life it helps me to reduce my stress it connects with my family but what also I'm really interested in as a practitioner is I want my brain to last I really want it to last the distance so cognitive function is something that we constantly need to impress on our brain we need to increase it we need to improve it we need to maintain it puzzles do that they use both hemispheres that means that you are really giving your brain a gym workout so so for longevity and also for holistic experience of feeling well, puzzles are your absolute number one go-to to create that opportunity. And they are such fun. There's loads of different ways of doing them. And Sarah, this is part of your work at Ravensburger. It's coming up it with is. different and fun ideas. Now, um, I, I've been talking about you with a gentleman called Jeff Tristram, uh, who's a good <laughs> friend of mine. And it's behind your what-if range, amongst many other things. Yes. And you've had great fun helping him and him helping you create puzzles over the years. Yeah, um, Jeff's a brilliant artist and uh, he's created uh, a couple of ranges for us. There's, there's the what if where the puzzle, the picture on the box isn't the uh, the picture on the puzzle and you have to imagine what if certain things happened. Um, and the other one he's done for us is the best of British range uh, where he will really give us sort of a classic British spin on certain 
things that we all encounter. So, um, you know, like the car boot sale <laughs> or um, yeah, the supermarket or, or things like that. And actually, Jeff has very recently finished a fantastic design uh, called The Auction, um, which is based on an auction house very close to where he lives in the West Midlands. Yep, he's a brilliant artist. Oh, he's fantastic. And a lovely fellow as well. And, I mean, the passion he talks about, the, the work that he does for you with, uh, really shows what's going on. And in particular, as is, is this is the, the in thing at the moment. Not that he's ever really went away, but jigsaws really are doing well. And you've seen a, a, a nice, healthy uplift, fortunately, haven't you, of late? Yeah, yes, we have. I mean, it was it was uh, the high point uh, last year. It was seventeen percent up, which is an incredible boost. Um, and we've seen it, it growing really over the past few years. And we're convinced that much uh, a much broader audience of people are now doing puzzles. So it's not just something you would give to your elderly aunt as a gift. Um, people of all ages are coming to it, and younger people are coming to it really um, as a way of creating mindfulness and calming their minds down. And there's probably some nostalgia in there as well for them, as they, as they remember happy days spent with their with their parents when they did puzzles. Um, and on a broader scale, people do puzzles um, to relieve anxiety, to brighten their day if they're feeling a bit down or a bit lonely. And it's, it's something, uh, particularly with Jeff's work, that is bright and colourful. And oh my goodness, aren't his images funny? Yeah, you've, I mean, you've got he's... a smile on your face every single time. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got, absolutely. you've got other things as well. I mean, the the, the 99 uh, beautiful places on Earth jigsaw from 2014, you've actually got somebody who's heading around the world visiting all the places they put together on the jigsaw. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a couple from Bath got the puzzle as a, as a gift um, because they uh, were close to Stonehenge. They went there. That was on the puzzle. Then they ventured to London to see Big Ben. Uh, they've gone across to Europe to see some of the places in Europe. And they've gone across to San Francisco to see that. And they're gradually working their way across the puzzle and around the world. Are they taking bits of the puzzle with them and depositing them in the places they visit, though? I, don't, I, I, can... I hope not. I hope that puzzle <laughs> is sitting safely. Yeah. either on a table or is has been glued and framed on their wall. And I, I hope the, so. That's entirely possible. And they, they may be adding photos of themselves in each of these places as they go around. We'll look at it that way. Well, they could be, yeah. They well, could the, be. The thing is, I mean, when you are buying a jigsaw, though, you want to buy a quality one because Ravensburger bits fit together properly. And the number of, let's say, uh, less uh, high-quality jigsaws can be a bit like hard work. I know you won't comment on that, but it, it is all about the quality in both the artwork and the piece for you, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean Ravensburger quality. It's everything. It, it, so it is. It is the image. It is the artist. It's the thought that goes behind it. But it's it's also that the special cardboard that is made just for us. It's the handmade die cutters. It's the the packaging design. It's the inbox leaflet. So we have an inbox leaflet. So you can use either the lid or the leaflet to refer to. It stops people arguing about who's going to have the box <laughs> lid. And and you know. So people can see, um, you know, if both two people are puzzling together, they can both assemble it. So, yeah, it's, it applies to every single element of, of the task. And with the Positively Puzzling campaign as well, uh, I mean, uh, Sarah and Emily, you'll both probably want to comment on this, but uh, this is a, a, another great way of highlighting the, the joy of jigsawing. 
It is, yeah. So we're asking people to contact us on the hashtag Positively Puzzling and tell us what they love about puzzles, what it does for them, and just share their stories. It, it's brilliant that people will do that. Take pictures of those puzzles that you've completed. Uh, yeah, yeah, please. I, we, we have phones full of photos of jigsaws uh, around the house. So, uh, you know, it, it's, <laughs> you can't always keep all of them there, can you, unfortunately? Sometimes you do have to put them back in the bag. And it might be then that's a time to to share it with a member of the family or if it's one that you want to you know you spent so long doing you want to seal onto a board and stick on the wall you you know buy someone else the same jigsaw so they can enjoy what you've enjoyed yeah yeah i think i think that's a very good idea and of course you can do the same thing again and again it can be quite relaxing i think going back and doing something you know you've achieved because you can you just know you're going to be able to do it again and perhaps you can time time yourself and see how quickly you do it this time around and they will all be in a different order that's pretty much guaranteed isn't it with a thousand piece jigsaw <laughs> the number of combinations yeah. of that pile of bits yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah. And what what is it that when you're creating a jigsaw? I mean, have we have we got the uh, the, the right words for this? Is jigsawing something that somebody does, or is that uh, yeah? How do you term and yeah? What's the term for someone who does jigsaws? I would call them a puzzler. Yeah, you're gonna just go with puzzler. Okie dokie. But I I, I and I, I do like it. The 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 yeah the amount of variety. And uh, yeah, have you ever counted up how many? individual jigsaws that have been produced uh, you know by design i know you've been involved in more than 2000 yourself i i have oh gosh no i haven't i mean it, it must be thousands upon thousands um of puzzles across the across the years and ravensburger as a company has been going oh gosh at least 135 years so um we we've got a few we've got a few under our belt um <laughs> so yeah it will be thousands and thousands of puzzles and very very many millions of puzzle pieces yeah, it's frightening, astronomically large numbers that are being dealt with here. And uh, Emma, any uh, tips feeding from you as we head towards Puzzle Day on uh, anything else special that we can do? Oh, just make sure that when you start puzzling, you don't overwhelm yourself. So don't go out and buy yourself a 5,000-piece puzzle. Start with the smaller numbers, maybe 200 to 500, and then work your say up for it because you just want to make sure that it's an enjoyable process. And also, if you've got kids and they're completely obsessed with technology, that's brilliant. But if you can get them into some puzzling, you might find them resistant at the beginning because obviously they've not done them before. But I promise you, as soon as they zone into it, you'll see that they feel completely focused and it's just really, really good for them self-esteem and wellness so just try to introduce puzzles into your life well, I think if they're not there already, they certainly ought to be. They're a great way of, uh, as you say, de-stressing. But also, enjoying artwork you wouldn't necessarily always get in your home. Exactly. And exactly. Fra- yeah. fraction of the cost of buying a piece of artwork. So it's a lot cheaper, exactly. It's yeah. a lot cheaper. And that's the thing about the activity full stop. Puzzling is a really budget-conscious activity. You know, people are always going on about how they want to have family time without spending too much. And that offers you the opportunity to do that so if you want to find out about the puzzles that we're talking about today if you go on ravensburger.co.uk you'll be able to kind of look at the selection they've got a ridiculous amount of puzzles so pick one that you like and try it and Sarah what was that hashtag uh, hashtag positively puzzling we'll uh, make sure we're doing that meanwhile for now Sarah Stevens puzzle development expert from Ravensburger and Emma Kenny renowned TV psychologist thank you both for joining us Thanks very much. In a moment of time, we'll be having a chat with the wonderful Bob Gessie. But before we do that, let's have a listen to something from Knoxville Highway. Well, I keep my motor running. 
got the power underneath I can feel the bumpy road of life beneath my feet Leaving this old city in the engine roar The marks upon the highway say I can't wait anymore A suitcase full of memories, guitar on my seat Book of songs of hopes and dreams, a destiny to keep. Foot down on the pedals, destination home. It lies on the horizon like a lazy haze of snow. Knoxville Highway, that's the road I ride. Knoxville Highway, that's the place to directions I don't need satellites and I don't need a woman to complicate my life I mark my ambition a footprint in the sand all I want's an audience and a plug-in country band Knoxville Highway that's the road I ride since I last had a chance to have a catch-up with Bob Gessie, and it's probably because he's quite so busy. Knoxville Highway, all the other bits and pieces done with things like stool pigeon in the past, and performing music just on his own, in places yes, where you happen to feel to be. Bob, good to see you. It's nice to see you again, how are you? I'm very well. So what's going on then? Because you say you are manically busy at the moment. Yeah, well, I try to be, I try to be. I've got my uh, the Knoxville Highway country music band that I play in, um, and uh, but what I also do as well is to play for any kind of musical, not necessarily musical, but any kind of group. Mm-hmm. That means I do a lot of uh, care homes. I work for the Alzheimer's Society as well, I do little gigs for them. Um, hospices, anywhere, anywhere that people want music um, and a bit of a bit of a story tell. Um, yeah, you, you do like to tell a song story, don't you? It's, it's very much a, a thing with you. There's a start, a middle, and an end. It's not just music for the sake of it. 
No, that's right. I try to incorporate uh, the, the lots of different uh, uh, pro projects that I've done in the past. Mm -hmm. The stool pigeon project was was uh, a, a project which is music based. It's all music based, uh, but it was based around the um, the saucy seaside postcards, mm -hmm. a carry on type of humour. You felt very at home there. I did, yeah. And, and there's nothing quite like people responding to mm -hmm. a good joke. Mm -hmm. uh, and I sort of uh, mastered the art of taking a joke, dismantling it. <laughs> putting it to music and then hitting the punchline and still getting it to work, you know, really hard thing. And so I incorporate that into any of my concerts. Um, also, people love country music and so mm -hmm. they put a little bit of... So it's a little bit of splattering of everything, really. And um, where do you think you're going to go next? You plan it and you think, right, I want to do that. Or is it something happens and it triggers something off? Um, it's down to, to... There's always triggers. Mm. Um, uh, and um, I also find that meeting new people uh, is sometimes the trigger mm -hmm. uh, to take you off in a different direction. Um, when I got involved in the country music uh, aspect of things, um, it, it was strange because it was the only thing that I'd never been involved with before. Mm -hmm. I've been in pop bands and jazz bands and orchestras and things like that. Been in a girl band? Never, <laughs> I tried, no, no fail. They, they wouldn't let me. <laughs> they wouldn't let me in. Uh, no, so um, uh, country was one thing that I'd never done before. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and surprisingly, it's been one of the most successful projects I've ever been involved with. But again, it's got emotion and storytelling, and, yeah, and, that, and that's you. Yeah, but yeah. when you're playing the rest of your stuff, I mean, is there a theme there? Do you, do you just grab bits of everything that you do? Well, what I find with different groups, um, uh, certainly working with people suffering from dementia and things like that, um, what I find is that if you do a long, 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 long song, people... They start to nod yeah. off, drop, yeah. drop off, etc. The attention span goes. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so you gotta hit them with one after another after another song of the of the you know the variety that's required. Mm -hmm. So and they'll get that based upon the audience. The kind of feel you get at the Eurovision Song Contest, only better music. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So when you're setting out to, to to play these days are you playing for you or your audience or is it a bit of both um it's a little bit of both uh, i love um i love playing and i love singing uh, but it's it's always audience centered it's always driven by the audience mm. um and i look at them and i and i and i think well they might like this or they might like that you know, there's some common denominators. But you're annoyingly it. talented, whereby you can do that and just play whatever is needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, I've been doing it for, well, as you know, a I've been doing years. it for years yeah. now. Five and, or ten? Decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very close, yeah, yeah. yeah a, so, what is there that you haven't done that you now think you might like to? A bit of thrash metal, possibly? Or? No, 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 no. I love acoustic music, you yeah. see. I love acoustic music. Um, and uh, I suppose a little bit of maybe folk, folk, country, all acoustic based. Mm -hmm. I like, as you know, I like stories and I like to have a laugh and I like to engage with an audience as well. And I like to find other musicians upon which to play, mm -hmm. you, know, you know. But I mean, you, you, you've got a six string guitar there. Is it not attempt to go to something crazy and start having weird musical instruments, two necks or 12 strings or? Um, not really. You're quite happy really. with, 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 with standard on the guitar. I suppose you could get a 12 string. It's all about sound. Mm -hmm. You know, a 12 string is a different sound to this one. Yeah. 
I've got um, a, a, a ukulele at home, which mm. I like to play around, and that's a different sound. Uh, I've got a bass guitar, I've got a five string banjo as well, which I play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all about the different sounds, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're sharing a lot of this yeah. live. Is there much online at the moment? Because I know Knoxville Highway's got its website and its followers, and, and in, yeah. the, in their hundreds, thousands online. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've got the website um, for Knoxville Highway. Um, I mean, if you just put Knoxville Highway into Google, um, you'll get two types of, uh, of results. One is for a road in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. That is your highway, yes. <laughs> the other one is the band, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's loads of you. Um, Have you ever driven down Knoxville Highway then? No, 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 no. Is, that, is that another? You maybe drive down there on the back of a, a pickup playing a, a gig for passing whatever? <laughs> no, that's an idea. That I'm, actually, I'm thinking. Where's crowdfunded? They could work. <laughs> yeah. I'm also thinking as well that there might be a, like a, 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 a duplicate band in Knoxville, Tennessee, called maybe the M6. That'd be great, wouldn't it? The M6 Toll, I think that... M6 Toll, Because that would be a country band, wouldn't it? The M6 Toll. That's right, yeah. That's right, yeah. So, where next then? How do people get in touch with you if they want to book you? Can they get your music online? They can get the music online. um, They can get us through either the websites, whether it's Knoxville Highway or whether it's from Bob Gessie. Uh, www.bobgessie.co.uk You get to spell Gessie so they don't have to guess. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's G-E-S-S-E-Y. So spell it that way. Bob on the front of it, Gessie, and then the you dot, you're, well, you're there. That's it, .co.uk. Yeah. .co.uk. Yeah. Right, okay, so you're going to do uh, a little number for us now. What are we going to hear? Uh, well, well... If this is fraught with danger, but what okay. is it that you might? What is it that you learn? Don't I, I, talk about thrash metal. No, 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 that's not my thing. Uh, I, I would like something uh, a bit of fun and 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 quite upbeat. So I'm going to stick you in 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 performing corner just down the way, okay. and uh, we'll get you to to pop something like that. So what, what do you think? What's it going to be? What are you going to do? I think I think it would be only right and proper to do a bit of a medley of. Of different styles. We can take a medley. Okay. Yeah, Bob Gessie, this is the man. He's going to perform there. Well worth a listen. If ever you see that name on a, on a poster, make sure you're there on time and enjoy a fantastic evening's entertainment. As you say, if you want to book him for whatever your event is, whether you're a care home or whatever, it, he will come along, perform and amaze uh, your uh, your people down there or parties, weddings, anything really. You 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 don't want yeah you. Well, it, you, you've got to enjoy yourself in a way, and I'm sure Absolutely. there's some, some country songs which will uh, help a lot the way <laughs> there. But, uh, Bob, great to speak to you. Yeah, Lovely to catch up, and we mustn't leave it so long next time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Oh, one, two, three. Woke up this morning feeling fine. I got something special on my mind. Last night I met a new girl in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Something tells me I'm into something good Something tells me I'm into something good What do you want to make those eyes at me for If they don't mean what they say they make me glad, they make me sad They make me want a lot of things that I never had You're fooling around with me now You turn me on and then you run away Well, that's all right 
I'll get you alone tonight and maybe you'll find you're messing with dynamite. So what do you wanna make those eyes at me fall? If they don't mean what they say, if they don't mean what they say. Trailer for sale or rent. Room to let at 50 cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. I ain't got no cigarettes, I but two hours of pushing broom bars a eight by twelve for bedroom mama. Man means by no means king of the road. Let me tell you about a place somewhere up in New York way. Where the people are so gay, twisting the night away. Man, you wanna see them go, dancing to the rock and roll. Man, you find the young and old, twisting the night away. They're twisting, twisting. Everybody's feeling great. They're twisting, twisting. Twisting the night, twisting the night, twisting the night away. Well now, when I go to the dentist, I don't feel any pain. I don't have any gas and I don't take Novocaine. I've got myself a system that doesn't cost a dime. Dentist, don't forget me, and it works every time now. When I'm sitting comfy, he tilts my chair right back. He tells me open wider, and he gives my teeth a tap. And as I grab his testicle, he looks at me dismayed. Cause I give a little tweak, and this is what I say. We're not going to hurt each other, are we? We're not going to hurt each other, are we? Though we're not going to hurt each other Better than mine, I can grab the other We're not gonna hurt each other, we're not Gonna hurt each other, we're not Going to hurt each other, are we? There we go, Bob. Guess he messing about. Having a bit of a sing-song. We love it. Absolutely fantastic fella. Hopefully having him back on the show soon. We'll have more Knoxville Highway stuff on the way in a bit too. Pete Mason, the post-pop art man, has allowed me into his studio so we can see some of the work he's working on at the moment. Some amazing work around us, all made with postage stamps. Pete, good to see you. Uh, Nice to see you too. So tell me a a bit about what you're working on at the moment. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of doing... Uh, some art deco style because um, pop art is is my usual bread and butter stuff uh-huh. and and then uh, clients ask for portraits so I like doing portraits um, but usually in a pop art style yeah. having said that uh, one of my favorites I've done across there is uh, Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. and that's more of a realistic style so there are different ways of of projecting the the stamps. Yeah, but, but yeah, Frank is is stamps. Yet it is still very photorealistic. And this is done with an amazing mix and match of different colours. So how many different colours British postage stamps are there? There must be uh, about twenty twenty nine. I think that's quite a palette to work with, isn't it? Uh, but the twenty nine are just the different tones of the colours. 
But, for example, there are 17 blacks, there are 15 blues, and um, yellows, there are just a couple of yellows, because a lot of the stamps are picked up by computer, you know, when they're postmarked. Yeah. And so, therefore, the yellow wasn't very successful because it just looked white mm-hmm. um, on on the computers. They weren't picking it up. So they've, they've not used a lot of yellow. But apart from that, 17 different greens and greys and blacks. And, you know, it's amazing the dark yeah. colours. And I suppose when they were you know, putting these stamp colours together, they weren't thinking of you, but they've That's done you a it. massive favour, haven't they? Absolutely, yeah. And the number of people that have, have collected stamps... I, I give talks all over the country, and when I go there, a lot of people come to me afterwards and say, they've got a stamp collection, uh-huh. But and is it worth anything? Well, stamps at the moment are not collected as much as they used to be, so collections really aren't so good uh, from the point of view of, of, uh, of money. But they're still of, of interest and a lot of children in schools now, I understand, are getting involved again because it helps with geography as well as mm-hmm. just money terms. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of social history there as well and the way in which things have changed. If you go to post a letter these days, very often they print a sticky label, a thermal print on there. It doesn't get a physical stamp. And it is only when you go to the post office and say, I want to buy this because I'm going to work it out myself, Companies have franking machines. It is people yes. who are buying these. So there is a, a story of somebody going out and buying this for every single stamp that you're looking at on these boards. Oh, well, <laughs> this would be pretty good. But the, the stamps themselves, um, in future, someone is going to say, Grandpa, uh, what are postage stamps? Mm-hmm. Not not in the next 10, 10 or 12 year, years, but postage stamps will eventually, they will die mm-hmm. because they are being franked electronically. But this will mean that your artwork will go higher and higher in value when it is made out of something which just isn't there anymore. I, th- I think this is going to make it even more valuable than it is now. now there's some amazing pictures here. And I love the way you've got maybe different values in the same colour. You've got little bits of uh, the actual postmark themselves and it all forms part of the picture. It is. It, it, you know, when, uh, when I have exhibitions, I uh, like William Turner, he used to go into uh, exhibitions and have a look, but he used to, have his, <laughs> used to wear a cloak mm-hmm. and he'd have his palette under the cloak because he always used to try and change some of the things that he, he didn't like. <laughs> but I, I like creeping into my exhibitions and just uh, standing quite close to people and listening to what they say. Mm-hmm. But a, a lot of the, the, the children, they'll say, oh, look at this, it's got a postmark on it that says Walsall yeah. or Cannock or Dudley, <laughs> Wolverhampton and London. And then, you know... So uh, anyway, from, yeah. And you're mostly British stamps, but when you're doing something with a more international flavour you might include stamps from that country as well yes yeah i I do and getting back to sinatra again in the background i've put the american flag and i've used a lot of american stamps on there in order to bring that out so i think where i've got different uh, countries uh, i'm able to uh, I've done another one of the French or the Eiffel Tower, and I've used French stamps. So when I, when I can do that, it's it's more interesting as well internationally. Yeah. 
And I know you've presented either copies, smaller versions, or in fact the full-size version of many of your portraits to those people you've done the portrait of, uh, Bruce Forsyth and Rachel Hayhoe-Flint are two that spring to mind. Yes, Rachel was fantastic. Um, uh, um, recently, I've had um, a picture of, of Rachel um, that was on the wall up there. It mm-hmm. covered the whole wall. Um, and they were getting on for 30,000 stamps there. Jan Brookfield um, brought her along, and we had quite an interesting conversation across there. She was lovely. Mm. And it's obviously a few years since she passed now, and uh, I know, because uh, I was part of the, uh, the organisation behind it, we actually saw that at the, uh, the funeral as well. Yes, yes. At the funeral, uh, we were able to put it up um, al- along the wall, and then... Uh, the family have actually taken that away with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure where it is at the moment, but I'm sure it's got a good home. Absolutely, yeah. and I know the family has spread throughout the world, but they've got such a, a warm place of Rachel in their hearts. And, and anything like this, that I mean, and we know she absolutely loves, she enjoyed it when she came down here, mm-hmm. and it was just uh, amazing to see. And so you've had that sort of reaction from many people you've presented these to. Really, we, we have, and Bruce Forsyth was incredible, uh, I told him again about my grandson being called JJ, and he said, "Oh, my son's called JJ," <laughs> and and you know, he's such a he was such a fantastic guy that a fortnight or so later he rang through. My wife said, "It's Bruce Forsyth." I said, "You kidding?" I thought you, and so therefore I said hello. He said, "Hello." I just wanted to thank you for this because I, I didn't get a lot of chance to thank you when you visited us. But now, now I'm looking at it, and it's in it's in my office, and people come in and say that's fantastic, and look at it, it's all made of stamps. And then while I was thinking, oh well, yeah, this is proof. He said, now how's JJ? And that was the type of person he was. Yeah. He, he was personable. Mm-hmm. He knew who you were and what you were. He did his homework as well, and so therefore it was. Re- he was a really fantastic character. Now, you're working on a, a couple of pieces at the moment. Um, what have we got on the, the board over there? We've got something that is um, towards the Art Deco as opposed to Art Nouveau. The Art Nouveau was very popular, but Deco is coming through now. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you look at... Um, uh, it's around a century since we first saw it, and I think that's probably sparking a few things, isn't it? Oh, oh yes, absolutely. And, and the, the thing is, I, I, I've got my website, and people can look at all of the work on my website, but you can't actually, on a website, put the character of the stamp itself and, and uh, about the the different colours and how they work. And yeah, and it's, it's a scale. And, and for you, your pixels, the same as we get on a TV or a phone screen, they are much bigger. And it's, it's almost a Roman-style mosaic in, in the size of the, uh, the actual items that make it up. Yet it is so much more than that, and it's got so much more depth, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and the, the depth is quite interesting because with pop art, and that's my favourite thing, Lichtenstein being my hero and everything, but he he uh, he was able to keep to flat colour, bright colours, dark outlines. So I, I don't use the outlines quite so much because that's black mm-hmm. and there aren't so many black. Or there, there are lots of tones of black, but I can't get them yeah. because they're, they're, they're out of vogue at the moment. Um, it's just the, the, the modern stamps. They're nicely produced 
and they have been produced and still are produced uh, by Walsall security printers, mm-hmm. who now, I think, have moved closer to Wolverhampton. Yeah. But they're still producing a lot of the stamps for the whole country, you know, which is, and again, another local thing that's happening, mm-hmm. which, which is nice. But I think it'd be amazing if at some point the Royal Mail were to feature one of your portraits made of stamps on a stamp. That, I think, would be <laughs> the ultimate. Meanwhile, though, until that comes along, we can also your work on your website. Give us the details. Yes, it's uh, it's the post-pop art man. And if it's Pete Mason or the post-pop art man, Mr Goodle will help you get towards it. And then I'd like you to just look through. There are about ten different pages. Um, and there are lots of ones on there that can't possibly uh, show you at the moment because there's there's huge ones, uh, for example, uh, just on the wall there uh, behind the paper. There are uh, nine portraits of the Queen mm-hmm. and each one has uh, 3,000 stamps. So there are over 30,000 stamps altogether. So I call it 30,001 because <laughs> it's the Queen herself on all of the stamps, you know. Right, well. Royal Mail, we have to have words on this one, see if we can sort something out. I think that would be amazing. As I say, that's the sort of thing it would be great to see on a stamp with the Queen there. However, check out the website, check out this man's work, absolutely amazing stuff. Pete, thanks for having a chat with us and letting us see where you work. All right, thank you very much for coming along and I hope that people share things uh, from, from what they hear. <laughs> you got cooking how's about cooking something up with me hey sweet baby don't you think maybe we could find a brand new recipe i got a hot rod ford and a two dollar bill and i know a spot right over the hill Soda pop and dancing is free And if you wanna have fun, have fun with me So hey, good looking What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? I find me one for five or ten cents And keep it till it's covered with age I'm writing your name on every page Say, hey, good looking What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? is free and if you want to have fun have fun with me so hey good looking what you got cooking how's about cooking something up 
How's about cooking something up? How's about cooking something up with me? Around our homes, on average, there are £303 worth of unused gadgets, with 40% saying their old gadgets are simply left in drawers gathering dust. But what can we do with them? The gadget show's Autis Daily knows a thing or two about how to get these things sorted out. He joins me on the line now. Hello, sir. <laughs> how are you doing, Jason? I'm, right? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, I have to admit, I'm one of those who likes to get these goods recycled, but this isn't happening in a lot of cases, is it? No, it's not actually. Quite a few people um, in a commission, in a commission, in a survey commissioned by CEX found that quite a few people are just leaving tech to gather dust. Thirty-three percent, actually, in the in the West Midlands. Thirty-one uh, percent. I do apologise. Just leaving them around to gather dust. Thirty-seven uh, percent give them to friends or family. Twenty-six percent give them to charity. But on average, we're looking at around two hundred and twenty-six pounds worth of unused tech just lying around uh, the homes of people in the West Midlands and everything from um, old consoles, games for consoles, mobile phones, cameras, uh, hard drives, the lot. Yeah, so we're not as bad as the national average, but it is still a lot of money that could be being used. And uh, I, I personally love using CX. We do know that people are selling through the likes of Gumtree, eBay, all that sort of thing. But when it comes down to the convenience of it and knowing the price you're going to get without the hassle of someone pretending it never actually arrived, actually CEX is by far the easiest way of doing it. By far the easiest. I mean, all you have to do is um, gather up the energy to throw your tech into a bag, your old tech, uh, take a walk down your high street, find your nearest CEX store, and then have a a conversation with one of the assistants on the other side of the counter. And they're always a lovely bunch. The guys in Wolverhampton are fantastic. I always like to go and see them down there. And the good thing about going in is you might also see some tech that you want, and you can get a better trade-in value than you would do if you're taking cash as well. Well, you sound like more of an expert than I do, Jason. Uh, but, but, but exactly that. Uh, you might see something that you can spend some of that uh, cash. We can't call it hard-earned cash, uh, but some of that money that you, you've made from handing over your old tech uh, can be spent on something that will bring you a bit of joy for a short term. It's about recuperating, uh, recouping the, the cost, and uh, it's, it's also about using it. Uh, what tech have you, have you been most proud of taking into a store to recycle? It tends to be, for me, the obvious uh, phones because I I have convinced myself that I need to stay at the cutting edge when it comes to uh, phone technology. So me too. I <laughs> normally go through normally go through about three or four phones uh, a year. You're worse um, than me. So it's, it's always worthwhile um, selling them on. Uh, so that someone else can get the benefit uh, of them and obviously making up some of the cost of, of a new phone as well. Yeah, well, I tend to find that when it comes to renewal time on contracts and stuff, if you actually take well, up to three or four devices in, if the whole family are all on, in sync, you, you, you'd actually get the price of one new device back, so you're saving money that way as well. There you go. Are you, are you, after, a, are you after a job on, on, on our show? Absolutely. That wouldn't be, I'll, I'll nip it. If, if you want a hand, let me know. I can come in and uh, sort things out. <laughs> Noted. But uh, I mean, what, what, is, it, is it phones across the nation that are doing it, or, or is it the, the unthought of things that, that maybe people ought to be bringing in? Uh, it's pretty 
much anything, actually. So phones are the, the, the headline grabbers because those are the, the items that uh, everyone can, can relate to. But as I said, um, there's, there's a bit of everything in there. Um, cameras, old cameras that you're no longer using because maybe you're using the, the camera on your mobile phone a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, the PlayStation PS2, if it's in good nick, you can get up to 30 quid. Um, the Xbox One, again, if it's in uh, good condition, uh, you can make yourself up to £75. Uh, old graphics cards, hard drive, laptops, uh, absolutely anything. Uh, old games for games consoles as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, because in many cases, some of this is now retro. I know that I've seen the Dreamcast still in there. In fact, I took my Dreamcast in and sold it. But, you know, you can go and pick up stuff like that, have a retro gaming night, and uh, you can get some cash back for, for what's there. But it's, it's those little surprises that might be hiding at the back of the cupboard that still do have some value. Exactly that. You might not even be aware of how much value there is. But if you know that you're no longer using that item anymore, then it's definitely worth popping it on the counter and seeing what you can get for it. Yeah, and if the, if your headphones no longer match your outfit, then take them to CEX. <laughs> exactly that. It sounds like a man with a lot of pairs of headphones as well, but there we go. <laughs> right, where does everybody go to find out more apart from nipping into town and popping to the big red shop? Okay, well, um, CEX has their own website, uh, as any tech company or decent company should have, uh, and theirs is webuy.com, so that's W-E-B-U-Y.com. And you can say also pop in store. You can go and get a quote, and it's a nice, simple way of doing it, and uh, enjoy what uh, you know, the fruits of uh, the, the, the drawers that you're not using stuff in. Absolutely. Otis Daly, thank you for joining us. Thanks very much, Jason. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Put your sweet lips... A little closer to the phone Let's pretend we're together All alone I'd tell the man To turn the jukebox way down low You can tell your friend there with you have to go Whisper to me Don't you know You love me too Or is he Holding you The way I do Though love is blind Make up your mind I've got to know Hang up Or will you tell him You'll have to go You can say The words I want To hear when you're with Another man If you want To answer yes or no Darling I Will understand your sweet lips a little closer to the phone let's pretend we're together all alone I'll tell the man to turn the jukebox way down low and you can tell your friend there with you You'll have to go
answer yes or no, darling, I will understand. Put your sweet lips a little closer to the phone. Let's pretend we're together all alone. I'll tell the man to turn the to go And you can tell your friend there with you He'll have to go LGBT Sparkle is a new group in Wolverhampton looking at the social aspects of getting people from the LGBT community together. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Paul Ryder. Hello, sir. Hello, my name's Paul, and I organised um, an LGBT support group mm-hmm. um, last year in December. We yeah. had our first one, which went really well. We had 10 people turn up. Yeah. We assigned posts for the LGBT plus community to the relevant agencies as we're a new social group. So you're basically getting everyone together as, as, as a, a social awareness group, have been able to have a chat and, and talk about things within the community, yeah, but also then to have an outlet which goes on to other organisations who are able to offer help and support yeah. when needed. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So you're meeting up on the 13th of February as your next get-together. Where's all that taking place? Um, access to Business. It's at 51 Tempest Street, um, not far from the old Wilkinson's where it used to be, mm-hmm. and that will be our next one. Our aim is to build up the social group as everyone is welcome, professionals and the community as well. Yeah, so come along and enjoy. I mean, what, what was the first trigger for you to set this up in the first place? Um, I've decided um, because obviously a lot of cutbacks has happened and I thought, you know, because I'm an LGBT member myself and I thought it would be nice to give something back to the LGBT plus community. Mm-hmm. So um, me and my partner decided to start up a social group. And how do you think this is going to grow? Because uh, is it going to start off as it is now? Is there a bit of a, a chance to come along and have some refreshments, cup of tea, coffee, sit around and have a chat? At the minute, it's just going to be a monthly thing. Mm, but yeah. obviously, we're going to see how well it does first. But at the minute, it's going to be a monthly drop, well, a drop in a social group. Yeah. Okay, and uh, do you have a, an online presence as well? Yes, 